0: So this year for me will be a very uncommon Shavuos. It's going to be the first time in 28 years of marriage that I won't be in the same city as my wife Chaya. Chaya had gone to Eretz Israel to celebrate the wedding of our nephew. And after she spent a week there, the escalation of the conflict um, forced the Israeli authorities to close the airport and cancel all flights out of Israel. So as much as it's not an ideal situation for our family to be without their wife and mother, I am proud that my wife has gone to be with her family in the eternal promised land of Eretz This leads me to my thoughts on this day as I prepare for Shavuos in a personal Kabbalah Satorah. When you're away from someone who you've spent so many years with, you feel kind of a piece of yourself missing. However, one gift that the COVID pandemic has given to me personally as well as to many others, was an appreciation of the gifts of time. I've been able to spend quality time with my wife, who supports me in my learning in so many ways. In addition to the quality time I spent with my wife, I've also had a renewed energy for my learning. Over the past year and a couple of months, I've been privileged to spend time, much more time studying Torah than perhaps I have since I was a young kol guy in Neresroh. I feel uh, much more prepared for Kapolosotor simply because I've spent so much time getting to appreciate uh, Torah on a much higher level. Instead of going to a Daf Yomishir for 45 minutes a day, I now spend a couple of hours delving deeper into the Daf and even giving the Daf Yomishir from time to time. So this has given me a tremendous sense of satisfi- satisfaction, and I am certainly grateful to Hashem for this gift of time and the siyata, the Shemaya, that has certainly enhanced my learning. So I've spoken and written on the theme of Avas Hashem in other shiurim and podcasts, and I've implored others to take the Avas Hashem challenge. The challenge is to focus more on our Avas Hashem and really find meaning in our connection. But how how do you love Hashem? Hashem is not someone who we know on the level that we know humans Hashem is eternal and He's infinite. We don't know how He thinks or how He plans. And there are many people whom I've worked with uh, for years, you know, in therapy as a therapist, who I can predict their next course of action because they've been so predictable for many years. Humans don't like to change, but we know that Hashem is not like we are. To answer this complicated question on how to love Hashem is precisely this issue of predictability we can predict the utmost, with utmost certainty that Hashem will always love us. Sure, we fall short and we make mistakes along the way, but throughout history, time and time again, Hashem has forgiven us and allowed us to continue striving and thriving. Many of us are puzzled by the reading of Rus on Shavuos. It tells of the lineage to David HaMelech, but what does that have to do with Kabbalah's Satura? Maybe Rus was a model of someone who accepted the Torah, but one could argue that what choice did Rus have in the matter? Where else could she have gone aside from a downward path like Arpa? So Rus clinging to Naomi, her only relative left in the world, seemed logical. So the question is, why not choose someone that came to realize religion on their own, without coercion, as a model for Kabbalah's Torah? Maybe we should read from the story of Avram, who chose religion over idolatry, without any coercion, or maybe read stories of Rabbi Akiva and Shavuos to show how a 40-year-old man came to accept the Torah. From a psychological perspective, we see that many people who are very vulnerable become attached to something that's close to them. They look for the next opportunity to find love. This is perhaps the psychology of why many rebound marriages fail, because of the vulnerability factor. I felt vulnerable, therefore I decided to become religious. I felt vulnerable, therefore I decided to marry the first person I encountered. Sure, people um, won't admit to this, but generally this is the accepted psychological principle of falling in love when vulnerable. Whether it's falling in love with an idea or a person, it doesn't matter. As E.Y. Harburg stated, when I'm not near the one that I love, I love the one that I'm near. This quote is on the simplistic level, talking to our vulnerability as humans and our desperate need to connect to something, anything, or anyone. So back to our question. What was so special about Rus that she merits to have a story read on a day that we accept the Torah? So we know the famous gematria that Rus is 606 and adding the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach, which is 7, adds up to 613. Beautiful. But this explanation tells us of a yearning as well. Rus didn't feel complete until she had all 613 mitzvahs to fulfill. And this is the yearning that Hashem looks for before we are able to have a true Kabbalist Torah. He wants us to connect with him, and he provides us many opportunities through Torah study and acts of chesed. I'm often asked a rather secular question, but it can be turned into a more of an existential question. The question is usually posed by my colleagues who are trying to understand the religious way of love and marriage. Now, I'm asked, how can you marry someone whom you never lived with? How do you know you truly love them? This is probably one of the more understandable questions that I'm asked by secular and non-Jewish colleagues, because logically it makes sense. You should love someone before you marry them. And the answer goes back to my premise of avas Hashem. Love of Hashem does not always make sense, as we've said before, that we don't really know what Hashem's intentions are. We don't necessarily feel like we live with Hashem. However, psychologists such as Robert Sternberg, who studied love, has, they've found uh, that successful loving relationships require passion, intimacy, and commitment. So without going into detail what each of these mean with regards to marriage, my focus will be on the idea of commitment. When we commit ourselves to an idea or a person, if we're mature enough, we realize that there will be times of questioning. There will be bumps on the road, as in any relationship that we have. But that's true love. It's commitment. So, when Rus makes her commitment to Ami with her famous words that where you go, I'll go, where you sleep, I'll sleep, etc., we see true commitment. This is perhaps the most famous part of the story of Rus that's quoted the most, And with commitment comes love. This is, by the way, my typical answer to those who question how we Orthodox people get married without living together first. It's a commitment to each other that may not make sense on paper or even financial sense. But we always know that there's a third partner in creation, and that is none other than Hashem himself. So therefore we can say with more maturity that we love Hashem because he's part of the marital bond. Rus is called Rus because within her name is contained the idea of her showering Hashem with shiros v'shishpachos, songs and praises. When we sing and praise God, we come to an avas Hashem that to some will not make any sense because it seems like blind love. But things that Matan Torah did not make sense. We saw thunder, and we heard lightning. How does that make sense? When people come for marital therapy, they're oftentimes trying too hard when people come from marital therapy, they're oftentimes trying too hard to make sense of their relationship. But sometimes love defies logic. What couples need to go back to is their commitment that they made to each other under the canopy where Hashem was with us and telling us, This is your ace ratzon. I'm giving you my brachos and I love you eternally. Now you can go forth and love each other. As we accept the Torah, which is Kabbalah Torah, we have to love Hashem as we are commanded to. The deeper love will come with learning Torah, which is what we do on Shavuos, and singing and praising Hashem unconditionally. It doesn't have to make sense to us right now. So although I'm miles away from my Aisha Yisrael, I feel the eternal bond that we've created through our joint commitment to Torah ideals that we've built our family on. I wish everyone a wonderful Yontif, a Yontif filled with a connection and a deeper sense of Avas Hashem.